House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back to the House of Run podcast. I am Kevin. He is Jason. Fresh off another off week for the what's happening to us jason what is going on struggling i don't know what's happening listen consistency was our calling card for years (laughs) it was maybe we need a new calling card i don't know what that calling card will be podcast that's there every other week i don't don't it's our second whereabouts failure so if we're (laughs) one away that's true we didn't tell anybody either yeah we didn't (laughs) update so i mean one more we're we're suspended we have another year to go until we are donezo. Yeah, update update the app. Listen, wasn't much going on either. A part of it, other part That's of it true. is you're a big shot now. You're all all over the place with your meetings and stuff, and then you're taking lavish vacations to what what famous locale were you at this week? <laughs> taking a vacation. Uh, we were we were just outside Indianapolis. Ooh, you know, famous place. Um. Yeah, we, it was this the Carmel, uh, Indiana, which I know you're thinking, hey, why do you do that? Um, <laughs> just like we just were looking for like a, something kind of quasi Christmassy to do, and uh, that came up, and we just said screw it. So it was fun. Are flights from Las Vegas to Indianapolis as cheap as they are from Las Vegas to Eugene? Because that's <laughs> not, a pretty long flight. Not quite, but but not too much different. It was still a good deal. Um, you know, it was. After we had to cancel our Halloween trip that we had planned for Portland, yeah, we decided we want to do something Christmassy. Next and I man know up on the surface. <laughs> Next man up. Maybe maybe Carmel or Indianapolis isn't what you think of, um, but there was some there was some fun stuff there. They had this cool little like Christmas uh, fair thing, and then uh, yeah, it was just, you know something to spend a little three day weekend at. All right, I'm going to ask the question that I think all the listeners are wondering. Yeah, they don't have Christmas stuff in Las Vegas. You can go to. <laughs> they do. They do, but you know, you, if you want to get out of town a little bit, um, get to, I don't know, a little more cold. I mean, it was colder than I like, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, right. it was pretty consistently in like the, like during the day, like the high twenties, and then it would get you know obviously colder than that in the mornings and nights. fun. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, but it was good. Both okay. had a good time. So you wanted it. You wanted to get out of town. You wanted yep. someplace a little cold. So now I'm going to ask the second question that the listeners yeah. are probably asking. Have you ever been to Utah? I have. Uh, not in a long time, though. Um, so I was looking at, yeah, we, we had looked at a bunch of spots. And one of the reasons we chose this was because uh, a lot of, like, the little, like, <clears throat> ones that put on, like, a Christmas, you know, village or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they'd be, like, a two-hour drive from a major airport. And I was I like, see. man, if it's like icy and snowy, I don't really want to be driving two hours. Gotcha. And this was like 15 minutes outside Indianapolis. So it was like, okay, I could do this. And not to say there's not 30 other options that we could have done probably, mm-hmm. but that was that was part of the, the rationale. And when you were there and you told people you came from Las Vegas to Carmel, Indiana <laughs> to go to the Christmas festival, what was their response? They were like, oh, do you like family out here or something? Is there... <laughs> Different reason that you did this, and then you said no. And then said what nope. Happened? We just we just came out here for this. They're like, oh, all right. Um, yeah, they were surprised a little bit, but who cares? You know, 
Did they hit you with any Las Vegas questions after that? Not really. No. Okay. I mean, I guess like the occasional, you know, like, hey, how how cold is it there right now kind of thing? Or it's how good. warm is it there right now? I it's guess a good icebreaker. You say 107. Yeah. It's right. always yeah, 107. It's, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it was, a, it was a good time. And it's just like one of those things where I guess I'd been to Indiana as a kid, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Johnny had never been there. So we were like, hey, it's another, it's another spot to just like check off the list, you know? Hit all, all right. 50 states or something. I don't know. Are you going for that? Sure. At some point. Is that a goal? All right. Yeah, why not? I'm impressed. I saw your post on Instagram, and I didn't investigate it too closely, but I thought it was Carmel, California when I saw that the sign that said Carmel. That probably more sense, but... Yeah, it's where I got married. You were going there. It's very nice. Honor me. Um, or, yeah, it's in that... that It's a very beautiful part of the country. So oh, that absolutely. makes sense. But you went to the other Carmel. Yeah. Which is interesting. Much more famous one, yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> craziness. So that that wasn't the whole reason why we didn't record, but a little part of it. But yeah, it was just uh, yeah, just just a little craziness. I don't know. Yeah, the the weeks get away from us quickly. It seems like before it's not going to you know. become a habit. We're we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be good. I you yeah know, appreciate the listeners. Um, I know part of the thing is, and I know when I listen to podcasts, I hate when my podcasts don't like show up. Yeah, and I know we're not the same like day every time, but like you know. Yeah. I understand the frustration, and uh, we'll do better. I haven't received a single Spotify wrapped from someone who says we're the most listened to podcast for them, <laughs> so we owe them we owe them nothing. Exactly That's true. nothing, right? Well, I wrote down everything that we missed when we didn't record. It's an okay. incomplete list. We also got a lot of emails, so we can go real quickly through the the news. But um, Boston Marathon champion is officially bon- banned six years. Get cool. that? Dave Rudisha was in a plane crash and survived. Of course he did. An Albanian long jumper was accused of falsifying a mark to qualify for the Olympics. Yep. Eurocross, Randolph yep. Ross got a three-year ban. They gave out the Bowerman. Um, another ban for a European cross-country champion. Just a lot of bans. Yeah, a lot of bans. Just tons of bans, basically. That's what we. That's what you missed, or I missed. We both missed. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously Boston champ. Yeah, that was like kind of a weird story. Where it kept Ooh. going on and on about like, the back and forth PDF? of it. Did you I, read that PDF? It took me like I don't know. I gave up at some point, but I read most of it. Um, it didn't start with here two four, so I thought it, you. That's might true. Have a chance to get there, it there was. There, it wasn't too impossible to read. It was still like spread out, like where it was like here, here's number twelve, and I'm like, why couldn't you just make this? Dude, this was better? a novel, man. Uh, but it was long. Um, you Plot know, twists. it was like, hey, I got this random doctor who I don't know. Yeah. To give me an injection. He said, don't worry about it. I got you, basically. And then he disappeared, and then he came back, but he said he didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. It was like, There were main characters. Like, there were supporting actors and actresses in this thing. It was a full-on production, man. Yeah, it's like one of those things where you're just like, man, I don't know. There's too many There's too many things happening here. Like, I'm Well, just, here's you know, the number, yeah. the, the one that... Uh, Number 22, if you're reading the PDF, this is the Danny. <laughs> oh, not 20.4? Okay, so 22, gotcha. 20.4? No, just oh. because the, they had like sub, you know, it was like, it wasn't just 1 through 20. It was like, okay, 20.1, 20.2, and then, yeah. Well, no, but 20, 22 yeah. was the reason basically for the six-year ban. I mean, she would have the results stripped anyway because she had a banned substance in her system. But 22, I'll just read this. Uh, on April 14, 2022, ADAK, which is anti-doping athletics union, forwarded the hospital's formal response to AAU, which confirmed that the athlete did not visit the hospital on June 5th, July 14th, or August 3rd, 
The intermuscular uh, triamcinolone injection referred to on August 3rd was not administered at the hospital. Mm. The medical documents submitted to the AIU were not issued by the hospital, and the AIU should treat the medical documents as falsified or not authentic. That's That'll why do get, it. That's why you get six years. All the yep. back and forth led up to that. And then I saw there was another ban announced today. We're recording this on a Tuesday where uh, the athlete falsified the prescriptions that were administered. Mm. They added in the banned substance at the end. So I don't know if it was just like a Photoshop job or what. But then once again, they did some digging and investigating and said, hey, that was not one of the medications that was prescribed to you. And that's banned. So Edna Kipagat is a champion now. Official. Which is the coolest part of this by far, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, it was. Not the, the other part's not cool at all, I guess. But like this is <laughs> Edna Kipagat at, what was she at the time? Third, 42, something like that? I don't know. It's both um, the only cool part of this and by far the coolest part of this. Yes. Is Edna Kipagat gets another 150 grand. Uh, she wins it 225.09. They, you know, published out the, the top 10 again. So put another one on the board for Edna Kipagat. Who retroactively just might turn into the greatest marathoner of all time. Right. She's on her test, way. Just keep these tests going. She has finished second like 12 times. Yeah. Right? Crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So she's got six second place finishes. I guess now five second place finishes. And how many wins? Um, and this will be her fourth win. Good for her. Yeah. So, so eight top twos. Good for her. You know, you're looking back on this and you're like, this sucks for her because she had to wait over a year to get it yeah but man you look at this case and you look at all the bullet points <laughs> yeah it's, like what are you supposed to do in that scenario it took a, yeah it took a lot to, to sort this all out um you know and yeah it's, it's always a bummer when the winner misses out on the actual win and the time because yeah. you know that's part of like <laughs> it's got to be the best part of the job right winning a race that, that you trained really hard for yeah um but obviously good she gets the money she gets you know another win um, when she's in her forties. Like she's just, she's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Positive tests just seem to be all the talk right now. So, and whereabouts failures and tampering and stuff. Yeah. The Randolph Ross one was kind of weird. Um, so we knew he was banned or yeah. sus- provisionally suspended. Excuse me. We knew he was provisionally suspended going back to worlds. Right, right before the first heat of the 400, we found out I was provisionally suspended. I think at the time it said whereabouts and, and tampering. Now, this is one of those cases where I'm pretty sure it would have been just one one year without the tampering. Yep. But but he falsified an email. Yeah, changed like the timeline on some emails or something like that. Yeah, changed the timeline on the auto-generated. Like, hey, I moved from this address to this address, and this is when I submitted the change of address. Altered that. That gets you three. So now he's missing the next Olympics for sure. So he's out um, to 2025, which is a huge chunk of time in a 400-meter runner's career. So, Yeah, I mean, he's really young, but it's still, obviously, you know, early, early 20s is, seems like a prime time for 400-meter for runners. Um, you know, he, he kind of let out some of his frustration on some of the process, and some of it I'm like, yeah, I agree with that. Um, the tampering part is where I'm like, dude, you just can't do it. Like it's <laughs> like, there's really no, no excuse for that. I think like his second whereabouts part was, um, he was at 
was he what was it NCAs or he, yeah and he says he was tested there right or, or no no yeah, the third, so he, like, the third got one tested he said he got tested that out. day yeah, but they went yeah. to his house and he he didn't update it and he did take responsibility which I appreciate yeah. like saying like hey it's it's on me but I get like hey I'm at this meet that's a pretty high profile meet that's a second um, one, right second yeah one, and then they're you know they're there and that's but it throws things off but either way you know once you start fudging emails and stuff it's like eh, I can't really say too much right it's one bad decision and then you compound it with an even worse decision and then you end up in this spot because if it was just whereabouts it was over a really short period of time but i think most people like when you look at the dates and stuff would have been like all right this is a one year situation yeah and then, that, yeah, he and got then he'd be back like- he'd be ba- he would have missed last year's worlds which in the short run obviously that's terrible because you work your whole life just to make one team but now it's a just a much bigger deal. Lost his scholarship. He was going to go transfer to Tennessee because his dad is the coach and got the job over there. Um, now it's you know looking like you know, he's not going to be able to. You know, he can't compete, obviously. So I know there's some back and forth there on the legalese between what's banned by you know and the NCAA versus Ward Athletics, but it just yeah. it balloons into this much bigger thing. No one wants to take a one year ban. Right, that sucks. Goes on your record, and you miss a global championship. But three years—that's tough. That's really tough. That's devastating. That's devastating. And um, yeah, I think if there's one thing we've learned over these past six to twelve months, just don't don't lie to AIU. Right? Don't make stuff right? up. Like there, and it's yeah. It's, and maybe it's there's too much people, information out now. Like you're going to get caught. And maybe there's people who are successfully doing it. Yeah, that's true. We don't know the people who do, who get away with it, but but I just remember Wilson Kipsang's photos of the landslide <laughs> that brought him down. Um, and then it's like have- the, the internet detectives now. Like, it's even if it's not discovered by the AIU, like it's going to be like some random person. Yeah, is going to like f- have the pieces and like randomly was filming a TikTok at the time, and they got yeah. like something on you. Like it's yeah. just like you don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's situation too where it's. After he's done, you know, and I felt this way about Coleman too. It's like, <clears throat> well, you feel like, you know, if you if you feel as if someone is is actually, you know, injecting performance enhancing drugs into their body, then you feel like the punishment isn't sufficient, right? But <clears throat> if you don't think they are doing that, or you you're, you know you you are kind of on the fence about it, then you're like, all right, well, this is this is a really serious punishment. You know, as it should be, because the whole system yeah. will fall apart if it's not. But with Coleman, he missed his prime Olympics. Randolph Ross is going to miss his prime Olympics and at least two world championships. I don't know exactly when he's going to come back in 2025 if he's going to be able to compete at USA's to make the team. So he he's missing a lot. Like the the penalty is really high. Oh um, yeah, and I know we always operate in this thing of absolutes because we think any. A lot of people think any anti-doping violation, even if it's not related to a positive test, should be treated the same. It's a lifetime ban, everybody. And then people on the other side who are going to say, well, what's the big deal? This is just – this is ridiculous. No, it's – I find myself thinking there are such things as misdemeanors here. But the mis- the penalty still for something like this is, is still really serious when it comes to careers. I mean imagine what you'd have to do – in Major League Baseball, it would be suspended for three years. Yeah. 
you know? No, for sure. I mean, it's, I mean what it's, Tatis had actual is an actual PED failed test, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's what it's fifty games, hundred games in a full season. You have to get busted three times. You can yeah, not miss three tests in yeah. the MLB. Literally test positive for PEDs three times before you miss a season. So you can test positive for PEDs three times and have the same situ uh, punishment as someone who missed uh, less punishment than someone who just missed three tests. Yeah, because they and didn't because they didn't update their app. And I get it. Like that's part of the game. That's part of the. The sport, got to know the history of the sport, got to know why this stuff is important, got to hire somebody. But it's just, it is a serious, like three years is a huge, huge, huge penalty to pay. Also, could we have just not made him a finalist for Bowerman? Just to, like, did he really need that on top of everything else? Well, that was wild too, because that was announced, you know, initially it's announced before he gets suspended, right? Because the NCAA season ends before. Yeah. But then well, we know he's like provisional. Yeah, like I don't know. Do you, yeah? Do you remove him when he's provisionally suspended? When I just feel all- like no one's going to give him the award, right? Like even if he was the once you're like provisionally suspended, yeah, yeah. Is anybody going to be like, hey, let's award this guy because we really want it to come back and look really bad well, if something comes out? I don't know when the voting took place, but I guess they could have re re. Well, and that so this gets announced right the week of the Bowerman, and then everyone's like, wait, is he still going to be? traveling and participate in the ceremony so then they at the last minute then they say he's no longer a finalist so it just all all gets messed up it's all completely screwed up um yeah tough situation i i hope for his sake he gets to you know stays healthy and gets to come back and run again i mean it sucks that he made the mistake but you know i don't think I think people do deserve a second chance or I don't know in this case, I don't know how you define how many chances he's had, but, <laughs> right. but it is tough though. Like, no, it's, it, it, I mean, at least, and I know there'll be some people who won't agree with it, but like, I'm like, yeah, he a hundred at the end of three years, he would a hundred percent like served his time. Like yeah. he, he deserves, you know, and once you, once you tamper, like I, I can't feel bad. I can't say like, Oh, you shouldn't get that much time. It's like, no, you tampered man. Like, sorry, that's, the deal, but also after three years are up, I'm like, yeah, hey, whatever you do after this, you're clean in my book. Like, I, I, I don't, you know, you're starting from zero. Yeah, I mean, people are always gonna remember it though, and then there'll be less sympathy for sure the next time because that's what happened with Coleman. Once he got cleared off that first one, right? That all got adjudicated. Yeah, and Coleman like had, you know, they gave him second chances, and he, you know, yeah, and then it happened again, and then people are gonna judge it. But I, I, I would say I would view his performances as, as legit. Right, Agreed. like yeah. I just because the thing is, I read through the whole his response, and I read through the whole case document. I believe what he's saying, and in, in part, yeah, I do too. And, I, and in part yeah. because AIU has proven themselves to be incredibly effective at finding out if what you're saying doesn't line up. Like they're gonna take their time. They're gonna get, obviously, yeah, right? they're <laughs> like gonna get freaking Perry Mason on this thing until they actually get to the bottom of it. And so I think. What the was the first test? He was in Gainesville competing at a meet. Second test, he was at um, I want to say NCAA's, right? And then, and then the third test, he was moving in between cities. He was yeah, moving. and it said like you know what AIU didn't update, but Wada did. Or he says I, Usada. He says Usada, Usada yeah. got the update because he, he said he had a Usada test. Now those 
those things aren't public, so we don't know. But right, I mean, my thing too is listen. I'm I've been covering the sport for a while. I've been around paying attention to sport for for a while. Like I am, I look at things obviously with a, a cynical lens. Not as much as everybody else, obviously, in the track world does, because there's some people who are just going to see the negative in, in everything and see the conspiracy and everything. Yeah, but but I will say this: if you're if your goal is to evade drug testing, competing in a meet? <laughs> competing in a meet is a bad way to do it. <laughs> right. Another another bad way to do it is to like just show up at a meet, right? I guess you could hide in the bathroom or something, but that's not a good way to evade drug drug testing, in my opinion. Now, again, there's levels to this because then someone always has a counter. Right, someone else, well, but maybe he thought you know what the amount in his system was da 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 da. But it's like he didn't he didn't refuse a test. He just didn't have the test taken by by AIU. He could have been tested by somebody else there at the meet, right? Like the the way to avoid testing, if you're going to avoid testing, is just avoid everybody. Yeah, just just hide away. Avoid avoid people, and then you will not get test it or refuse to take a test if they do come and find you. So I think the fans of track and field have a difficult time sometimes of just admitting it's not a zero, it's not a 10, maybe it's just a six, maybe it's just right. a five and, and that's it. And, and someone can be uh, guilty of something and deserving of punishment of something without it meaning – Everything that they've ever done and everything they'll do for the rest of their life is tainted. Right. But we're not, you know, I don't know I don't know how many people are to that point, but that's kind of where I'm at with this one. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Like, I'm like, yep, it, with what happened, he has to be suspended and the tampering, you have to add on for that. So I don't, yeah. you know, it's it sucks. I don't really believe he was, you know, doping, but like... And, like, part of his thing was, like, you know, hey, it's the whole point is to avoid doping, and I agree. But it's, like, you know, everyone knows the rules, and he knows the rules, and he admitted he screwed up. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I respect, but it's just, that's it's part of the deal. Yeah. If you have, if you're allowed to tamper with the system, and there's no punishment for it, you yeah, don't have a system anymore. Disaster. You, then you just throw the whole thing out at that point, right? Like, they, we know how much tampering happens currently with the system, <laughs> and, and there's punishments. <laughs> if they got rid of that, then it would be a complete mess oh exactly because we just keep getting pdf after pdf with 47 bullet points of and i'm bad at reading guys like i just i can't read that stuff this long it's too much i know i just i think if you miss tests from here on out this is what everybody should do yes i screwed up yep that's it didn't update my app i'm whatever i'm young Uh, this i'm irresponsible yeah yeah i made a stupid mistake i will take the punishment i have zero doubt like especially in my early 20s if i hadn't updated the app like every day of where i was at that i would have failed to do it sometimes there weren't zero doubt in my mind there weren't apps when you were yeah you're so old so i had to call somebody every day and be like hello i'm gonna be here i would i would hire somebody or not hire somebody because i wouldn't have enough money but i would try to get some help to make sure a group message with like five of your closest friends they were like oh other just text you every morning or other athletes. Yeah, that, and just go, hey, you guys update your whereabouts today? Yeah. Where where are you at right now? Can you update your whereabouts? Because right. Because you need to do this ASAP. We also don't know. I'm always curious in this. How many missed tests are out there? Oh, for sure. How much 
we know the vast majority of athletes aren't getting three whereabouts failures in a year. Otherwise, I know we've seen a lot of suspensions. It feels like for a lot, but it's still pretty. Yeah, it's a sm- small amount. Yeah, right. do you know how many people are in a track meet? Right. It's insane. Like it's insane how many people are like in this in this testing pool or part of this. Right. Think about every single event. So it's still pretty low. But how many people are on two misses? How many people are on one miss? I'm I'm curious about that. Versus yeah, and we've had athletes like different athletes come out like when these suspensions are happening, and some athletes are like, "This isn't hard, guys. Like I don't understand yeah. why anybody ever misses this." And that's like, I get that. Like there are some people who are militant about it, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah. Like they're like on top of it, and that's great. But I also am like not surprised that some people aren't, even though they should be. They absolutely should be. Yeah, but it's yeah. Well, I think it was I think it was Bromel after. Coleman got suspended. I think he was one of those people saying exactly what you said. We're just like, listen, this is part of it. Like you gotta take yeah. care of it. Like there's just no, no other way around it. It's a bigger burden than pretty much. I mean, all the major team sports in oh, the world, far. Yeah. right? But it's not. It's it's just when you sign up for participating in this sport, that's what goes along with it, and part of it is the, the history of of track and field. So we have, we had that story. Then we have, I don't even know how many more doping stories. One, I mean, Aras Kaya three years for EPO. We're still doing EPO, I guess. Yeah. Like that's, come on, man. Like, what are we doing? I don't even know, man. Well, and this is, this is the argument for why we need to have the, this much testing, right? There's literally people out there doing EPO. Yeah. They're just like, maybe they stopped testing for this. Cause no one yeah. does it anymore. Yeah. Well, I get it. People are trying to make money. People and, are desperate. Yeah. Yeah. And people people cheat and cut corners in literally every single aspect of life. Why would they not do it in sports? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I guess it's just like the laziness in that cheating. You're gonna get caught. Me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Like it's just like, oh man, come on, at least I don't know. Do some do some shady stuff. Come up yeah. with a story. Well, speaking of Euro XC, that meet happened when we were gone. To paraphrase Julian, Eurocross? <laughs> Jakob won. Thoughts on Jakob winning more cross? Do you think Jakob is like doing everything to prep his goat argument now? <laughs> I think he knows people lean on the Bekele because they hear about the Bekele <laughs> thing, and he's like, "Okay, you know what? If I have to win ten Euro Cross championships, <laughs> then I'm going to do that." And then people, when they're discussing the goat, they're going to have to go, "Well, Jakob, he did win Euro Cross. <laughs> he's looking up 2018 the- to 2037." So. He heard the email that we had a couple weeks ago for the goat points. Yes, he's like, Wait exactly. That's he's. What's the exchange rate for Euro Cross now? I mean, it'd be awesome to see him run World Cross. That would be, that would be. Pretty yeah, great. and it, I mean, he, did he do World? Know. He did World. Uh, he did right. It was junior juniors though, right? Oh, this okay. Be, yeah, maybe. I mean, I like, wouldn't be surprised because the dude loves to run. Like he loves to race. He is right? all like, about just, it. He races all the time. It's the best. Uh, I hope it continues for his career. Uh, because the dude just loves to compete and stuff and win stuff. Um, I'm looking it up. Twenty twenty one. What would it? What year would that have been? The with the roof. That'd have been nineteen, right? Was that nineteen? Yeah, because they had. Couldn't have been. He ran. Let's see. This is all. Outdoor U twenty race. Yeah. No European. Oh, he did both. He did both. He got twelfth. He he tied up big time. You know, oh, that's right. okay. But it was U twenty. I'm not going to count it against him. I hope he does World Cross. You know, you talked about how he just loves to race and he loves to run. It reminded me of this Craig Engels 
post that I just saw on Instagram where he's basically like, I hate running as much as everybody hates running. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me see if I can pull it up. Ah, it disappeared. Dang it. It's gone. It was on a story. I'm doing a bad job paraphrasing it, but it was something like it, like it hurts as much as and is annoying for me just as much as for you guys. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it's worse because you can push yourself. They can push themselves to bigger limits than your average Joe, right? So it's like. But for someone like Jakob, I don't think he would say the same thing. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Because how many times have you been in front in a race in your life, Jason? Like as a percentage of miles raced or mile, I guess miles run. I mean, yeah, I've, a, f- a few times, but not many. Yeah, like less than half of a per- 1%, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Now imagine... The few races I won, I usually uh, fit, finished well, yeah. Yeah, now imagine Ingebrigtsen, who basically... Just leads and wins every race. Or he's getting medals, right? There's got to be a psychological boost from that that makes you enjoy the sport because it's awesome to win at things. Now, oh, for sure, and I think... Part of it, I mean, like, I, I think it's like, uh, see, I think of it as more as, like, oh, I hate the practice, but the races can be fun, even though you are making yourself miserable because you're, you know, stretching your body to limits. But, like, that's the enjoyable part, right? Or, the racing? Yeah. Yeah, but I think... The training's brutal. The training is brutal, but don't you think if you have that level of purpose at that point, wouldn't it become a little bit more fun? Because we're talking about mental, not physical here. No, right? for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just you know, yeah, and I, and I can't even like you put your shoes on in the morning, going out for a run, knowing you're the Olympic champion. Well, this that's is... the thing is, I, I can't even put myself in a world where I'm that good at something. Yeah, but I would imagine I would enjoy it. Yeah, uh, I think gambling. I time. You gambling. You won the big check. <laughs> that's it. true. I won the big check. Yeah, that was a good time. I just think. Now, maybe it's different for the person who's number one in the world versus the person who's number 12 in the world. Maybe the person who's 12 in the world just beats themselves up. But I would think if you're truly world-class in anything, it gets just a little bit – like you have just a better sense of purpose versus us out there slogging along. Oh, for sure. So we can be top 30 and get a cheap aluminum medal. Yeah. I haven't forgotten about that Sierra Vista Invitational. Your medal was crap back in 2001. <laughs> Oh, I remember that one, Blue Ribbon, right? Yeah. Yeah, sucked. Step your metal game up. Because <laughs> um, Jakob doesn't need to be running these things. Maybe he's just addicted to winning. He definitely doesn't need to be running Eurocross. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, and I – 100%. But also, I'm like, I get it. It's like the middle of the offseason. It's December. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, can I – you know what? It's going to be a while before I have like a, another meaningful race. Yeah, so. but you're thinking of it in you're thinking of it in the what I think is the right way, the correct way, which is you're thinking of it in terms of reasons why he should do it, which is opposite yeah. for most. Well, that, and I guess that's what I'm thinking him. that well, he's thinking. Yeah, he he thinks in a positive framework as opposed to here's why I shouldn't do it. Yeah, I think he's just going like, well, I haven't won anything in a while. I kind of maybe I should get out there. It's gonna you know I don't want to wait another couple months to run some indoor stuff. Most people go all risk, no reward when they're that good, though. And he's no he's for sure the other way he doesn't care Which is because so much gets, better because even when when you lose it's not that big of a deal. It is though like an Olympic final. It is well you're right it's not it's not right because it's not like he's gonna miss the playoffs. But I'm saying all the headlines would be Ingerbitson loses. There'd be way more headlines attributed to him losing than him winning. We all expected him to win. If he lost, we probably would have led with that on the show. 
as opposed True. to whatever. I mean, yeah, if he, but you know, if he finishes, I mean, it leads this show, and then a week later, it's like okay, it doesn't matter at all that Jakob finished second in Eurocross. No, it doesn't at all. But to them and to their, they get mad, right? And to their psyche, I think a loss hurts more than a win feels good. He gets another him. tiny tattoo somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> you don't like the size of the tattoos. He's got the weirdest tattoo thing uh, arrangement I've ever seen in my life. Um, I saw him, you know, in person, not that close, but I, his tattoos were strange. <laughs> but hey, you do you, man. Uh, all right, that was Eurocross. Cool course. Again, they ran through buildings, museums, or art galleries, whatever that was. We need more of that. I think the way to take that to the next level, though, if you are running through an old museum or something like that, and you're doing a loop course, on the last loop, everybody has to carry a piece of art out with them. Ooh. Nick Cage style. And then <laughs> you race to the finish line. Like it's a caper basically. Or you have to put put on headphones and learn something and then <laughs> say what you learned at the end of the race. <laughs> 10 seconds off your finish time. If you yeah. can create, answer the th- quick three question quiz. <laughs> How many of these photos have stoplights in them, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I am not a robot. Uh, all right. Radisha, he's all good plane crash but he's yeah. all good i mean the picture of him just standing next to a destroyed tiny plane yeah completely unscathed wearing a cape yeah it's, <laughs> i mean i'm very happy he's okay i think everyone's okay i know i saw they said one person had to go to the hospital i hope they are okay as well um but yeah, i don't i don't know how you walk away from this when you look at the photos say, you look at this yeah you look at this plane it's one wing is gone, missing completely the other one is like torn off and the plane is upside down smashed bits rudisha just has some dirt on his pants yeah yeah well there's another photo where a guy's laying down and it looks like a cut on his head from a guy sitting yeah up. so that might be the guy who got rushed to the hospital but like everybody survived and yeah. which is obviously the, the important thing but man David, fly commercial, man. Or well, they were, yeah, they were going to some, they were going to the Masai, was it Masai Olympics or something that he started? Mm. So they just took a small plane. Engine small had, planes are dangerous. Yeah, I, I'm not doing that. Engine no. went out, and then I guess they hit a, they were trying to land, and then he hit, the pilot hit a tree on the way down, I guess. But yeah, he had a car accident a couple years ago, too. Just Yeah, he's, I mean, he's invincible, which is not surprising at all, but yeah. glad they're all okay. Yeah. For sure. All right, we got. You want to talk about the Albanian long jumper forging his times or Mark? Yeah, this one was kind more, of more AIU, more AIU action here. Yeah, and I guess this one, it's like okay, so whatever it was, a few weeks before um, the Olympics, he basically f- faked a result, right, so he could qualify. Yeah. Um, the good thing about this one. It doesn't really affect anybody else. I like how silver lining you are today. You're like, the <laughs> but, good thing is Edna Kipler yeah, got gets right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, this didn't knock someone else out of the Olympics. Did it? Uh, right? Because it just, it was, he was the only one, because they didn't have anybody else who qualified. It was a universality entry, correct. Yes. Yeah. So he was the one guy, and he only got in because he cheated. And I'm not condoning the cheating. But in this case, like, he had... It got him the Olympics, which was the goal, I imagine. He did not qualify for the final. Yeah, he's not that bad, though. It's no, not, no, no. He's, he's like a he... solid guy. And it's yeah. like, as again, not defending this at all. But it's one of those things where it's like, all right, this literally hurts nobody. So they charged him, 
what do you think the pun? What would you say is the punishment? I actually haven't looked at the actual document to see what the punishment is. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I have not either. Um, falsifying two years. Two years. Jason's given two years. That's my guess for this. So Albania is on the list of countries that are suspect when and it he should be suspended. I just, I just like that it. Uh, you know, if you dope in a race and you beat somebody else and you do that, like that yeah. hurts other people, right? To just get in the Olympics and not make the final, he didn't knock anybody from making a final. Mm-hmm. He didn't knock anybody from making a team or from showing up. What if he won gold? That would have because th- But then you're like, me. hey, he, our qualification system must Systems. be way too hard. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. This person literally had to cheat to get in and then they beat everybody. Maybe we need to look at the standard. So Turkey's also on the list. Can it, uh, competition manipulation watch list. Uzbekistan, Moldova, Georgia, Kyrgyzstan, and Armenia. That's the that's the group right now. There's seven countries on it. Along with Albania. So Yeah. They're, so, yeah, you got but I mean, you know, you get busted, that's yeah, that's right. But That's right. <laughs> I don't I don't uh you know I said I don't hate this one as much as, as other other <laughs> cheating things as we don't see this one that much. Yeah, because it's it's an interesting one. You know, at least it's cre- it's more creative than taking EPO, right? Agreed. So that's agreed. Something. And now they gotta figure out. They gotta send people to every single one of these countries to make sure. The long yeah, that's the thing. Right. Like, how do you? What are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, yeah. there's there's all these crazy meets going on all the time. It's very difficult to infor- to catch this, right? Yeah. Like, it's EPO easier theoretically than than this especially if you're just moving it a couple centimeters here or there that's the thing is even if you're at the meet he wasn't like i jumped nine and a half meters yeah right like but it's, it's like yeah say he jumped seven nine and they mark it as eight one it's like sometimes from the stands you're like oh man i thought that was yeah yeah that but i guess i was wrong yeah and i'm not gonna second guess it because i'm assuming everything's on the up and up yeah all right uh bowerman trey cunningham yeah. abby steiner the winners no arguments here all right, moving on. I mean, that seems right, right? Uh, I thought Anna Hall. I had Anna Hall one if, that actually had Cameron Rogers two. and st- I had Steiner three, but it was really wow. close. It was like women's – for the men, I think Cunningham uh, should have got it, and he did. Um, I agree. For the women, it was, like World Athlete, it was like World Athletics Athlete of the Year where you had just all these crazy cases. Because you have Cameron Rogers who crushed the hammer throw this year. I was going to say, you could definitely talk me into – to Rogers, like I would, I would not argue that for one second. Well, and then to talk you into Hall, she won the heptathlon, you know, won the pentathlon indoors, but then also outdoors, she did the foreign hurdles at NCAA's and got second. <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah. So but I like Steiner was incredible though too. I mean, you know, Steiner was great. Collegiate records. Uh, you make the world final. Swept the two. Well, both of them medaled at the worlds though. Yeah. Too. But that doesn't count. That doesn't get factored in. It's only in no, no. World, I know, so. but it's just like yeah. They were three. She ran three, what twenty one eight? Like, yeah. and that was pretty absurd. Three of them, the three of them were legit. Like, they both were, you know, among the best in the world in their event, and have a big place in NCAA history now. I just I liked Anna Hall's season because I thought, listen, I'm a fan of doubles, so I'm always going to lean towards, and and that's an insane double heptathlon foreign hurdles, and she lost to Britton Wilson, who went on to get fourth in the world championships at, in the four hurdles like she lost to a really good person if, Ste- if steiner crushing those four by fours doesn't do anything for you oh that was cool too i'm just 
dude, a heptathlon 400. No, no, double, trust me, that's way more absurd. I agree. Eaton, <laughs> that's, that's, that's insane. It's the Eaton thing that never happened. Like, even, I think I said at the time, like, even Eaton didn't do it. And How it about a 300-meter like, record? What does that do for you? Uh, nothing. Precisely zero. Uh, <laughs> although she is going for the world record in the 300 at Milrose, so You're maybe that's right. her sweet spot. No, she was great. They all were great. It just, I think it's one of those things. This thing is tied more than we like to admit. Same thing with World Athlete of the Year. It's tied way more than we like to admit because it's not fair to Yeah, comparing event to event. It's like, what it's am I stupid. supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so it is dumb. It's objectively dumb. But there's there's these gigantic margins for error, and this one fell in that one with all three. So then it just comes down to a point of personal preference, and I just I don't think we're gonna see what Anna Hall did again forever. Like that's such a crazy thing. Now you could say Cameron Rogers, eight, eight she got eight of the top ten performances in history. This yeah, year. like maybe that's never gonna happen again too. But just the ability for Hall. Um, to dare to do that, and then she pulled it off. I just thought it was cool. It's cool. Maybe it should be the coolest uh, athlete of the year, and right. she'll get it. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, and Cunningham was probably through the NCAA, through the end of NCAA's. He was probably the best high hurdle in the world. Yeah, and then gets second at Worlds. So yeah, it makes... like I mean, he was he was he was more consistent than anybody else. Yeah, he was he was absolutely terrific. I mean, even if Ross was there, he'd have been third because I think. Aiden yeah. Owens, Aiden Owens Delamere was was, uh, I think closer to Cunningham than he would have been to third. That, that's how I would have had him stacked up. But that's the Bowerman for this year. Um, all right, we got through all that. You want to do emails? Absolutely. All right, we got a bunch on a variety of topics. Some related to what we talked about. Some unrelated. Love it. Uh, okay, here we go. Marshall from St. Louis, formerly of Iowa. Drink. So you should have gone to St. Louis, somewhere like outside of St. Louis. I feel like they would have had a good Christmas festival for some reason. I mean, too. probably every major city does, right? But and that's know. cool. This should be your thing. Every December, you should go to some dreary Midwest city, which is horrible <laughs> weather, and find a Christmas festival and Done. just con- confuse everybody. New tradition. Hello, Kevin and Jason. I recently read that Lord Co. intends. Sorry, it's just so funny. <laughs> Dude, dude ran the 800 in the 1500. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's not. He saved the empire. Oh, that's really funny. Intends to run for a third term as president of Earth Sports. So much for term limits. In 2019, Lord Co. ran unopposed. Two questions that I'm sure a listener or two can answer. One, how does one get on the ballot for president of Earth Sports? Two, how do we get chief on the ballot for 2025? Mm. All the best. That's Marshall. You can. I'm sure you can announce a candidacy, right? I get. I'm assuming, but honestly, I have zero idea. It's not. It's not a situation where he's president for life. He's got to win the house to run primaries first. Yeah, he's got to win the primaries. The pot. There's a podcast primary. There's a track nerd primary. There's a (laughs) athlete primary. I don't know. I mean, so yeah, someone can definitely run against him. I would guess he's going to be fine. I think. The reaction to his tenure has been largely positive, I feel. Yeah, I think overall. Yeah. Certainly not uh, perfect, but, you know. Yeah. That's not, that's not track, so. And I'm guessing he's kept – I'm guessing he's good friends with all the people he needs to be good friends with to keep his keep his house in order. So that's just a guess. I don't know. I would vote – yeah. 
if I had a vote. I, I mean, I guess I'd have to see the whole, like, what, who's running against them. And what's it's true. The platform. Chiefs on the ballot. What are you thinking? I don't know. Well, yeah, then it's obvious. But I'm saying with this stuff, it's like, what's the alternative? Like, like what's the alternative platform? Like, what's the world? We did this when we talked about USATF with Max Siegel. What's the world like where he is not the president? Where it's literally you running how how different is the sport right now that's that's the thing is like i just don't know how much it moves the needle at all yeah because here's what i wanted him to do change the false start rule he didn't because i asked him about it didn't even answer the question um what other rules do i want him to change well it's not under their purview but marijuana won't change that rule yeah I'm, I'm just thinking about the things that like rules that are bad that if they had complete and utter control over it they could just like snap their fingers and make it go away right it would be that sort of stuff, but it's make the, make star athletes run more meets. Like you can't do that. You can't do that. Right. And even yeah, the changing of the rules. Like we have a council and the council's council. And there's a PDF you have to read. All right. Here's uh, our friend Luke checking in formerly yeah. from Delaware. Now from Boulder drink. Just had the opportunity to help conduct VO two max tests on two elite runners based in the Boulder area. I can now confirm that, yes, watching elite athletes go full tilt at close range is incredible to watch. And no, cleaning their slobber from breathing mouthpieces does not make you faster, make you a faster runner by some transit property. It was also pretty freaking cool to be able to chat up their Olympian coach on the ins and outs of metabolics for a few hours. Of course. For comparison, I did the test protocol a few days before uh, they did. And I, very mediocre runner who was doing more downhill skiing than running these days, had a VO2 max of about 55 to 60 milliliters to, you know, the, the, all the oh, units at the minutes, end. Yeah, you got to okay. yeah, keep the units there to make your teacher happy, right? <laughs> you minus one point. You don't have the, I'll just say 55 to 60. My guess is that I could run a 5K in 1830 uh, right now, though I haven't been back down to sea level recently, so who knows. They, one male and one female, both tested around 70, give or take a few. We should be having more athletes from the same team come into the lab after New Year, which is exciting. He said, just to head off some speculation that these values might not be right or might be too low, I was about to say, Luke, I think you're lying about your values. <laughs> VO2 max is highly variable among individuals and not a very good predictor of endurance sport performance by itself. Other important metrics are lactate threshold, at what point you begin to dip into anaerobic metabolism, and running economy, mechanical power output divided by metabolic power output. For example, you could have a low VO2 max but a really good running economy. Do you remember when we got our VO2 max tested? I was just going to say, your your brother was at UNLV, right? Yeah, and he knew someone who had acts who needed subjects, so we participated. Yep. And I don't – I should have written it down because I never... wish I remembered. <laughs> I remember part of it was like, okay, run to the beat. You know, it was like a metronome type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had to do like really close, you know, quick strides and long strides and, and regular strides and, and obviously just running to <clears> – <throat> Close that to might, exhaustion. That might not have had anything to do with VO2 max. Totally possible. It was like they feel like there was like different parts of it. Yeah. And I couldn't, I you know, I couldn't tell you what the results or anything were, but I remember, uh, yeah, that, I thought that was really like cool and it was it was interesting. But I, I remember think, you, I remember you afterwards saying like, just how much you struggled like with the changing of your stride to like try to do different stuff. Like you were very very uncomfortable doing it. Yeah, I think I got like a hundred maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I remember mine, like, and again, I could have been, we could have been doing this wrong. 
I don't know, we were 18, 19 or something like that, right? I don't remember. But Yeah, probably right on 18, yeah. I remember I just – I hit a point where um, it wasn't moving at all. Like they didn't get – they didn't make the treadmill go any faster for some reason. Mm. Um, I don't know if they were like looking at heart rate too, but it just – it sort of like leveled off. So it wasn't this whole like stop, the, you know, like this dramatic ending where I just died on the on the you know and fell apart and then was like ah, I'm done I got to I got to stop it was is more just all right yeah your levels of like evened out you're you're done then, you're right like it wasn't a full on like tell exhaust pass tell, like, out yeah but exhaustion. it was like yeah like kind of like peak like how long you could hold like a peak performance kind of maybe I don't know yeah. something like that okay this is a long time ago so I'm sure the technology was yeah it was 20 over 20 years ago was it really? I don't think it was that long ago. Um, almost forty. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm like ten months. Lot so of time still. They measured it with a sundial back then, Luke. Um, <laughs> you should go next vacation. Go to Boulder. Get your VO2 max tested. I think that's what you should do. Oh my god, I'm such bad shape now. I like so like. I guess that's a stupid question, probably. So your VO2 max, does that? fluctuate based on like what kind of shape you're in yeah i, I know think so yeah. yeah right i mean I would, I would think so but like yeah okay i think what did they say like pre was in the 80s or something and then when he got it tested it was like close to like what the best one of the higher ones they had ever, uh, ever measured but like cross-country skiers have like insanely high ones too yeah i don't know yeah. i don't yeah all right this is uh noah in oregon uh, I had to laugh recently because my oldest daughter was home uh, for college and she had forgotten her hokas at school. I told her to wear a pair of your sister's shoes and don't overthink it. She only runs a four-mile loop around the neighborhood, so it really shouldn't matter what she runs in since she has the same size as her sister. When I asked her later that day how her run went, she says, Dad, it was amazing. I was so fast at it. I asked for details and she said she had run in 32 minutes what she usually runs in 36 minutes. I thought that seemed like a big improvement, but then she explained that she had taken the, quote, weird shoes that were bouncy, end quote. She had grabbed her sister's Vapor Fly next percents. I cr- it cracked me up because this felt like a control and an experiment. She didn't try to run fast, and she didn't know what kind of shoe she was in, putting uh, what shoes she was putting on when she grabbed them from a bin of running shoes in the garage. Man, how many shoes are at your house? No, I, love I love this. I love these next percents just chilling in a bin. Yeah. That's way more than 4%. Going from 36 <laughs> down to 32. I don't know what number that is, but it's, it's high. It was like a blind taste test, and she totally nailed it. The next percents are better, even for people who have no idea that they're supposed to be faster. If you haven't run in them, you'll never understand. Maybe they should have been banned when they came out, but now it's too late. P-backs and a plate. It's a game changer. I wish your listeners could fill out a survey of what they race in and why. Would you ever do a listener survey on your website? Uh, that is Noah. P.S. Full disclosure, I do not work for Nike. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think you, there might be a stealth <laughs> Nike campaign. Uh, we don't even have a website right now. But what maybe people should start doing, write in when you're at hometown and then your shoes if you're running. So I can be like Marshall, formerly of Iowa, now from St. Louis in a Brooks Hyperion mm. size. You don't need to put your size. Yeah. I think that's a shoe. You know, you could do that. People could do that. That's true. I, I mean, I, first of all, I, I really like I like this this situation. I think it's really funny i also think part of it i mean you're running in you know vapor flies it puts you in like your body in the position like to run faster right like it's it's the 
active, whatever, keeping you on your toes to run. So even if you're not mm. actively trying to go faster, like right, you right. are put in a more aggressive position to run faster. Sure. Um, but so I just, I, you know, and I know I'm a shoe skeptic, even though I, I say they definitely help, but I don't think even close to 4%. Um, but I think that's part of it. Whereas if you're still, you know, going full tilt in your Hoka's versus your next percent, the next percent will be better. Um, but I think in this case, it's just like, oh, I'm in my regular, you know, trainers going for a regular run versus sure. I'm putting on something that's purposely meant to race. So yeah. it's going to just have that effect on you. I'm going to, I'm going to get in shape in this new year and then I'm going to run my first 5k, like legit 5k since I don't know, 2015, 2016, something like that. Yeah. And then it's going to be three minutes slower, but I'm going to, and I'm going to blame the shoes. Like, so I, I much like for it. these guys. <laughs> Hashtag fraud. <laughs> Hashtag why can't I break 20? I'm going to continue to not train, buy some vapor flies, and be like, why am I so slow? Yeah. I walk in these every day. I play pickleball for hours. I got to skew the results somehow, guys. I got to help my argument. When I try to bench 200 pounds in a couple weeks, I'll put – maybe I'll get a pair, put them on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. How's the goal going? Are you feel like – you feel confident? Uh, No. No. This morning was rough. This morning was the equivalent to – not being able to hit your 5k pace for any of the mile repeats that you do. Mm. Like all the check marks are way off. Had a couple rough weeks though. You know, I missed a day, a couple days because of strep throat a few weeks ago. Last week I got a concussion and I had to get a CT scan. That's the other reason why oh, wow. last week was screwed up. What happened? I totally forgot to tell you that. You not did. related to the concussion. That's <laughs> right. not, I, did, I just forgot because. We were doing the show. Uh, I walked into a bedpost, my kid's bunk bedpost, and smacked my head. Oof. And then the headaches never went away. The bump went down oh, man. really quickly. No, didn't I do this? Didn't we talk about this? No, that must be your other podcast. I feel like this happened right before we started recording the last show we did. And I didn't mention And I mentioned it to you like right before we started. If... Man, I, I do not recall if you had maybe mentioned it in passing as like, oh, I hit my hit the bedpost, but like definitely not, you know, this whole uh, I didn't think I had protocol. A, yeah, I, I didn't think I had a concussion. It was right because it was Thursday. I, two pods ago, I think we recorded on a Thursday. I remember it because my daughter was home sick because she asked me to get a blanket for her. And that's why I walked into the room. And that's when I just walked. Do you ever just walk into things now? Absolutely. Yeah. Because it was dark in the room, but not that dark. I just walked in like I didn't. Didn't judge how far away the thing was. Anyway. I mean, you've been doing this for years. I've been tripping over things yeah. and stuff. For- and I don't know. I'm clumsy too. I am not judging because I... Yeah. The, the amount of random clumsy things I do is is absurd. Yeah. Anyway, I thought the main thing was just like, the, oh man, this bump on my head is going to be huge. I iced it and it didn't even... Like I said, the, the swelling went down. There wasn't even that big of a bump. Um, but then a couple days later, the headache still wasn't going away. And then I started Googling stuff and never do that if you have any sort of – actually do that because you want to know for sure that you're okay. But it gets you in a pretty scary spot pretty quickly. So I said, you know what? I'm going to get this checked out. Went to the doctor. Doctor said, yeah, you probably had a concussion. You should get a CT scan. Next day I got one. $248 later. Uh, negative. Good. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all good. But what we – oh, so that's why I, I missed another day because of that. I don't know. I, I'm not – if I get 190, I'd be pumped and then I'm just going to keep going until I get 200 next year. So 
That's a, that's the that's the bench press story. That's right the now. way to do it. Yeah, like yeah. I, I a couple like two months ago, at the beginning of the year when I made the goal, I said no, it just was way far out there. A couple months ago, I think it started to look realistic, but then with most things, you start to plateau a bit, and then you know you miss a couple sessions here or there, and then you start to lose confidence. But um, I mean, I've done one seventy five, not going all the way to the well. My max right now is probably. I'd be surprised if I couldn't get 185 up. I probably could do that, but that's a long way till till 200. But maybe in a couple of weeks I'll have spotters too. Maybe I can get to 190. And missing by only 10 pounds, it's good, pretty, man. Pretty good. Now you yeah. used to bench, according to you, 325 pounds. No, so, so I did max out at 265. Allegedly, uh, in my early 20s. There's zero evidence of this. No, I my friend uh, my friend John was there. We used to work out together. I know um, all your friends. Literally never heard of a person named... <laughs> oh, John. John. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I I used to be in very, very good shape uh, weightlifting-wise. I was kind of addicted to it for like, I don't know, six years there in my late teens, early 20s. And addicted to it for six years. No, I, got, no, I did it like every day, like no matter what. And uh, yeah, I was I was really good. Now, the, I mean, not even, not even in the ballpark of that. Well, I do it twice a week. So, but I got new goals. I'm trying to get my Achilles right so I can run. I've actually put some time and energy into figuring out what's going wrong with my Achilles, and I think I might have solved the the riddle. But oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to say it though because I'll jinx it, and then next mm. week I'll say that's fair. Yeah, it's nothing spectacular. It's just I stopped. Okay, I'll just tell you. Promise not to tell anybody. Yeah. Because I'll feel really dumb if this actually is it. So I don't actually know if this is it or if I'm just like paying more attention to it. I stopped wearing a certain pair of shoes. And it's not to run in. It was just to walk in. It was huh. just this casual pair of shoes I have. It was just rubbing against it and irritating it, I think. And then I would go run and it would hurt even more. But really what where the whole thing started was wearing these other shoes. Right. I, th- I think. I'm Again, huh. I'm not 100%. And I've been running really slowly, so maybe it'll come back the moment I run fast. And they'll be like, hey, that was dumb, Kevin. Why did you think it was just a casual pair of shoes? But I think that's what it is. Yeah, that can be it sometimes. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. I just want to be able to run again. Me too. I just want to set a PR in the 400. That's all I want to do. <laughs> Here's Marshall again. Yeah. Random thoughts. Just wanted to chime in a couple newsworthy track and field items as the year slows down. One, Randolph Ross suspension. If what he says is true, the – this really sucks regarding his whereabouts failures. Yes, it's on him, and he should not have doctored the email. But the fact that one of his failures occurred when he was literally drug tested in Eugene the same day he missed an AAU test. The timing of the release is also crappy given he was a Bowerman finalist and already traveled to Denver. I've said it before. I'm not a rules or rules person. I see them as guidelines, but there needs to be some level of reasonableness slash common sense here. The goal is to catch dirty athletes, not ruin the careers of clean athletes to the best of our knowledge. Uh, two. Marathon Trials host selection controversy. Evidently, Chattanooga was a recommendation from the board to host the 2024 Marathon Trials, but the national office overruled the board. I hate to admit it, but USATF made the right choice. The Marathon Trials are a premier event and needs to be held in a city that people can get to easily and cheaply and has sufficient lodging, rental cars at affordable prices. I'll just butt in here. I think he sent this before they had a follow-up of like why they got picked, and it was related to like a conflict of interest with the Chattanooga. Bid, mm. which 
people can read more about. I'm not going to get into it right now. But anyway, listen, he says, I've been to Orlando a lot, five times per year for four years prior to COVID. Wow. wow. You're there more than Paolo Bancaro. I was trying to think <laughs> of an a older Magic player, but I couldn't. Is Mo Bamba still there? Yeah, he's been ah. kind of killing it lately. You're there more than Mo Bamba. Orlando is one of my least favorite cities to visit. It's hot. It's humid. There are a million tourists. Everything is spread out, and Donald Duck is not wearing pants. If I'm going on vacation, I'm <laughs> heading to Chattanooga 100 times out of 100. However, this is not a vacation. This is a premier running event in the U.S., and you need to make it easy and practical for fans to show up at the event and create a great atmosphere. Practically, every airport in the country has a direct flight to Orlando. Getting through the Orlando airport is really simple based on my experience anyway, and there are a gazillion hotels. Maybe I'll be wrong, and no one will come to watch the race besides me. All the best. That is Marshall. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I agree. I, I would want to visit Chattanooga before Orlando. But I don't know. Yeah, so if you're talking about staging the event, like what's the easiest place to stage an event, it would probably be a place with a ton of hotels. I'm assuming Chattanooga, though, would have enough. Otherwise, they wouldn't have even bid for the thing. Uh, and I don't know. I just remember L.A. hosting and everyone thinking it was going to be a game changer. And they had it at L.A. Live. And then there was fans there, but it was pretty similar fan makeup to other ones. Actually, Atlanta probably had more fans now that I think about it. I mean, hard to measure things like that because people are literally wandering off of the street and watching. Right. But but then there was also other issues with L.A. and the heat and the support that the athletes were getting. So I don't I don't know. I think it's more just how, how much do they care, the city hosting it, how much do they care about having it? Less so than just the size. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Like, yeah, I think you want, you know, the cities who are – I mean, it's it's not too dissimilar from the Eugene World's argument or anti-argument yeah. that people yeah. were, were making, um, you know, versus bigger cities, which I, I do understand and I get, you know, the – You don't get it because you paid $81 for the flight. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> I was nothing. really fortunate, but I get there was, you know, $1,000 Airbnbs, all this, you know, crazy yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that is a big – you know, pain in the ass. And that's, uh, I, I absolutely respect and get that, that how that makes things more difficult. I still mm-hmm. think they were probably the best choice. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, I don't, I think Chattanooga would be cool, but I really know nothing about Chattanooga. So I have no idea how, you know, uh, like how, how well they'd be able to support it. Yeah. So, If I was just going personally, I, I'm with him. But we'll see. Va- Unless I got a Harry Potter world. Well, 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 I would combine the vacation with going to the meet or the race. That's what I would do. So yeah. I would do, I would do both. So that's, that's where I see um, a little bit of a hiccup in his, in his um, outlining of this, this problem. Because especially if it's a one-day thing, Sure, if you're, you know, going, you're a family member of the athlete or something, you're, you're going to go regardless. But then maybe people are like, hey, I've always wanted to go to this place. Plus, plus I can watch the marathon trials. That's pretty cool. It's not like you're going for a 10-day meet right. to, to one specific place. But as long as the city's not tiny, I just, 
I mean, how many people are in Chattanooga? Right? They host they host other stuff, right? They host some some. Don't they have a minor league baseball team? Yeah. Chattanooga has 182,000. So it's actually very similar to Eugene. Okay, so maybe you maybe it is the exact same argument then. <laughs> it seems similar, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Again, it's it's do the people there want to do it and um is it okay for TV? Cuz that's really what it is, right? Yeah. It's a it's a TV, it's a TV product. But Orlando, they seem like they have a serious bid. They'll do a good job. Uh, okay. Here's Steeltown Runner. Now that gold is off the table. Okay, so he sends along a link to Gwen Jorgensen saying she's going to go back to triathlon. Uh, says, seems like we have someone who's a fan of the idea. Uh, he's referring to mixed relays. And in this link, in this story, uh, it says that Gwen Jorgensen, I think, was inspired in part by the by the triathlon relay. Uh, I will not speak to the triathlon because I don't know Jack about the triathlon. So maybe I would love the mixed gender triathlon, triathlon relay to pop. Um, the thing about the triathlon, about triathlon, not the triathlon, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is? Okay. Um, at least as far as I'm aware, there's not like 16 events happening at the triathlon at triathlon meets. It's three into one. Okay, so. I feel like there's a little more space. And if there's not already, you know, three other four by fours or, you know, the equivalent for triathlon, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. That's where I, st- I that's where I stand. I don't know, but I don't know anything about it. I'm a bad swimmer. Like there's legit a, bad swimmer. Like I can a, swim to survive, but that's the extent of it. There was a, a relay at Eurocross too. Did you see oh. that? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So, yeah, and that's fine. Not it a, was the uh, you know. mixed, they called it mixed relay. Italy, Spain, and then France. One, two, three. Pretty exciting. I don't know how, I don't know how long each leg was. All right. All right. Uh, we're getting close to the end here. Brian, emailer formerly from Raleigh in Pennsylvania, now from Boulder. Drake. Does Brian, do Brian and Luke know each other? Have we established that yet? Mm. I cannot recall. Okay. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Hey, guys. Look, I get it. I'm American. You're American. Many of the listeners are American. Kipchoge coming to Boston is a big deal. But last week there was some major news from down under that was overlooked. Both Australian records in the marathon went down. Brett Robinson broke Rob DiCostello's longstanding record of 207.51 by running 207.31. Brett has struggled with a cramp issue for a while now but was able to sort it out in Fukuoka. Given his sub-60 half PB, it was only a matter of time before he broke Deke's record. Shanae Diver ran 221.34 to smash the record formerly held by Benita Willis, 222.36. Diver is 45 years old, a mom, and has a full-time job. That's Brian. Listen. The one runner who called Edna Kiplagat kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm pro-Australia, as people know from the show. I lived there for four years growing up. Yep. My dad... He used to tell me stories about Rob DiCostella, like their paths sort of crossed sort of in the, uh, you know, just the greater Australian running community. Oh, he was in a club race one time or showed up and was the honorary starter. The fact that a guy my dad knew was still holding that record or knew of or was, you know, around. Like, yeah. 
that's pretty crazy. <laughs> For sure. That's that's a that's a long standing record. Like when your dad is telling you stories about uh legends of, of yore, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh yeah, we absolutely did overlook that. Apologies. And it's two oh seven thirty. And a you know, sub sixty PB. Like that's that guy's for real. Yeah. That, can't sub sixty get you more than two oh seven though now? I feel yeah, like. and I think absolutely and um saying that for Coco. I mean, yeah, you you know, put him at Dubai or whatever. Mm-hmm. See him run two oh four. Yeah. know. is a big dude. That's the thing my dad used to always say. Oh yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was uh let's see, what was his does he have his that says he's five eleven, so I guess that's not big him. dude. I mean, he just <laughs> I don't. Yeah, was Wikipedia right on this at the time? Was he just a, a was mar- more marathoners short? Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that was it. I don't know. I just remember hearing about him and reading about him, and he was obviously a big deal for people who were living in us. I mean, I'm looking at a picture of him running. The mustache he had, oh, was just uh, solid. Yeah, and you know, my dad had a mustache, so so I mean, my dad still yeah. does. Might be, might be a part of it. Yeah. So this guy was Dick Costello was born in fifty seven. Yeah, so he was well, we were in Australia when he was like at his peak. So he's pretty or around his peak, I guess. Cause he won World Champs Marathon the year before we moved there. And then in eighty four Olympics he got fifth. And that was the same. Here we moved there. So, and he ran cross country. So, basically, got to add that into his legacy as well, too. So. Uh, all right. Let's see. Who do we got? One email, one voicemail. Yeah, here's Marshall. One more time. Uh, I've been fortunate enough. This is uh, subject line Project Eagle. Remember, we talked oh, about yeah. the, the plan for Boston Marathon to land Kip Choke. I've been fortunate or unfortunate enough to be involved with several project fill-in-the-blanks during my days as an auditor. My favorite was an acquisition of a plumbing company called Project Mario. <laughs> From my understanding, the first letter of the company, person, etc. is tied to the project's subterfuge name to conceal the target or opposite uh, party and ensure things remain secretive. In the case of Project Eagle, the E in Eagle is associated with an E in Eliud. <sighs> Did you think about that? I did not at all. However, I know that there are some situations where the project name is tied to the nature of the business. See prior reference to Project Mario about the plumbing company. I'm sure any listeners who are investment bankers or lawyers can probably provide a better explanation. I have the following recommendations for getting Jason to Boston for Patriots Day. You may recall that after Berlin, I mentioned how I was praying every day that Elliot would run Boston and would have a massive tailwind and attack a sub-two time. Uh, so here are his ideas. One, Project Jordan. Two, Project Javelin. Three, Project Unicorn. Four, Project Heartbreak. Five, Project Fenway, six Project Lexington, seven Project Concord. Mm. All the best. That is Marshall. Any of those stick out to you? Some good ones. Um, Maybe if you want to do the first names, though, because you want to see Otani, too, right? Ooh, that's a good point. So you could do something with an O and then with a K for Kipchoge. I don't, know, I don't know what that would be. Yeah. Or you could do E for Elliot or Shohei. You have you basically yeah, four, four Yeah, I have different combinations I can work with. You need to do this. I'm. You went to Carmel, Indiana, man. You need to do this. <laughs> the only thing that would stop me from doing this is the fact that like a f- few weeks after this, I'll be traveling to Europe. 
And that's so fine. Just just doing a, a you know traveling back to back like that might be a little tough. No, for you it's easy. You're an experienced traveler now. You literally traveled to Carmel, Indiana for a Christmas <laughs> festival. Going to Boston will be no sweat. Probably get a direct. You'll be all good. I would love to go. It would be awesome. Yeah, you're t- the two icon trip. I think it's great. I guess if you called it Operation Two Icon, then that would be a little obvious, but people would know what you're doing. But who are you keeping it secret from? Like Johnny? I guess that's the that's the right. <laughs> but she doesn't care, right? No, so. not at all. Yeah, but you have to pretend so that way you have a cool name. Yeah, exactly. I got to play play it cool. Yeah, I want you to go, man. This is a good i. This is a good idea. Um, you don't know when you're going to be able to see Kipchoge again. Maybe, maybe never. Sure. You know when you're going to get to see Otani again because he's going to sign with the Dodgers next year, <laughs> and they never play the Cubs or. <laughs> They're going to just play in secret. So, All right. Uh, voicemail from Chief. Let's let her rip, and then we'll be good. Here we go. What up, boys? Chief from Illinois, now in Annapolis. Drinker, Malcolm Braylon. Uh, Kevin, Jason, calling in about uh, the argument that Eugene's the place to host it because they have an army of volunteers. That's dumb. That's just dumb. Why is... Why is Tracktown and the local USATF organization the ones in charge of putting on the meet? Why is USATF corporate, like the, the actual headquarters, take some of the $3.8 million that Siegel's getting paid and allocate it to somebody that's in charge of finding a location and helping plan? The reason it's in Eugene every time is because it's the local USATF organizations are responsible for creating a bid and then also run by volunteers. So that's the only place that can do it because of that. Can you imagine if the if, if the NBA finals were put on or any NBA game was put on by the local organization and they're not they're not helped out by NBA or TNT or CBS or fill in the blank. It's embarrassing that USATF relies on local USATF members to organize and plan meets. With that, peace, boys. So he didn't like my response. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. It, listen, it's not the NBA, though. It's not the NFL, right? And it's not just it's not just USATF. When now this is another Eugene example, but worlds. So many volunteers. I'd walk by. They were they were working for basically uh, free Asics shoes and a, those purple jackets that you saw everybody wearing. Remember those that everybody yeah. had, had on? Yeah, those are volunteers. I talked to a guy, a kid, kid because he was like in his last year of high school, who literally wasn't from the United States, but wanted to see Hayward Field, wanted to maybe come to U of O. Like he flew out <laughs> so he could volunteer. <laughs> like so. And there was how many people that did that? I mean, I'm sure you can find a release for the exact number, but hundreds and hundreds of people. Like putting on a track meet is just – it's just a different beast entirely from having a normal team sport sporting event. Also, just those – we just talked about the budget, right? And Siegel made $3 million. And what was the total revenue? Do you remember that one? Uh God, what was it, like 10 or something? I don't know. Well, give me a ballpark. It was around 10. 
I, th- I think so. Or maybe just a little bit more than that, because he accounted for what, like twenty percent or something, or twenty five? Yeah. Remember. Do you know how much twelve? Do you know how much revenue Golden State Warriors made in 2019, 2020? <laughs> I just I did okay. Four hundred seventy four million. Mm. So it's the franchise is worth seven billion right now, according to Forbes. It's just not. It's just apples to oranges to to compare it. Um, so what? What you're left with is we run into the exact same cul-de-sac here again. We're just like, all right, well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this thing that doesn't make that much money? It's, well, we have to have this many athletes because it's a track meet. So we have to provide all these athletes and we need to have – if there's this many athletes, there needs to be this many officials. It needs to be – we need to have this many people helping so that way we could administer the events and carry the gear around and just do all the things that make the meet go. Now, if you want to do away with that and you say that's a – that's not a good idea. We should not have volunteers working these things, right? Like they should not be a vol- – this should be a professional sport. Well, then you got to rework the entire thing because then you got to go through line by line and figure out everything out there that's not really turning a profit, right? So it's like, wait, why is the meet 10 days? Right. Why, why do we have all these events? Why are the fields so large? Like what's actually turning a profit? Because everything that happens in the Super Bowl is to make more money. Everything that happens in an NBA Finals or a World Cup or a Stanley Cup Finals, the whole thing is just operating around making money. It's not hosting an event. And you'd end up with different a different spin on the sport. People may say it's better. It, it, it might be. It might be. Well, we just don't have it. We haven't seen it. So I do think how many people that you have at your disposal to help pull off a meet a logistical challenge and headache of this regard of this of this amount it is it is an important thing they lost money in 2016 for world indoors in portland and that was not a like elaborate you know they weren't giving uh media members like leather jackets and stuff right they weren't they weren't um opening up the checkbook for that one it was a it was a garden variety indoor championship i was a great meet i was there i enjoyed it it was fun they sold a lot of tickets and they still didn't make money on it so i don't think it's as simple as just hey let's just flip another switch i think what he's talking about in the voicemail is that's asking for a totally different model than we have currently yeah the the end (laughs) no i mean i'm having a hard time uh thinking of too much more to add to be honest it's yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just, yeah, it doesn't really make money. So it's just a matter of, like you mentioned in other sports, it's, of course, putting on a good product, but it's making just tons of money. It's the matter of, yeah, did this event make, you know, hundreds of millions or 200 million? Like, it's less like this, these, these insane amounts where it's like, okay, we're probably going to lose a little bit of money on this, but let's try to make it as, as good as possible. Yeah, they make money on the... The Nike deal, you know, you you can make money on uh, TV, not all the time, but sometimes you make money on TV, but that's it. But it's just a, it, it's a long event with so many parts that have more of a participatory than professional component to them. And that's, I, I call it a cul-de-sac because you, 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 you can keep going around and around and around. You end up in the same spot every single time with all these debates. 
and we've been doing this since 2010 and it hasn't really moved since then. Not to say it will never do that because obviously things change in sports. We, you know, this, things change in the seventies and the eighties, right? And it went from being more popular to where it is now. Uh, so it could always change again. The question is, will it change for the worse <laughs> or, or would it change and actually get better? But it just, it feels to me like we have the same conversation over and over again when it comes to this topic on the pod. Yeah. Well, you know, I think we do that with a few topics. That's this yeah, growing but the sport. Th- like it's a, it's a lot of stuff. It's like, yeah, what are you, what are you supposed to do? You know, like it's, I don't know. This is the one that comes up the most, though, I think. That's why. And, yeah. and it, it comes up in a bunch of different ways, a bunch of different ways, but it always kind of ends in the same spot. Uh, before we go, last uh, thing I want to ask you, your World Cup breakdown. Man. Re- recap. So it was uh, – I did watch it in the, in the hotel in Indianapolis between Carmel <laughs> and Indianapolis. Because uh, I was like, you know what? Let's, let's turn it on. I think I turned it on about 15 minutes in because nice. I kind of was like – with the time change and stuff, I didn't know what was going on. No. So I turned it on. Yeah, I'm no. like, okay. And I wasn't even sure. Like, I was like, ah, we'll probably leave before this is over. Whatever. And then, you know, Argentina's up, what, 2 0? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. 80th minute. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is over. We're about to leave. We're about to walk out. And of course, you know, uh, France scores once. Uh, that was the penalty kick, right? Correct. Or no, the penalty. Was yeah. the penalty kick first or second? Yeah, it was first. first yeah. And so I was like, okay, 2 0. I was like, oh, well, at least let's, let's hang out till the end of, you know, regular time. And of course, they score whatever it was forty seconds later. It's insane. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this is kind of interesting. And then you know, it's going into extra time, and it was just like the amount. And so my my biggest complaint with soccer, and hey, I get it, soccer doesn't have to appeal to me. You know, no. like soccer has massive fans around the world. Like I'm some schmuck. Who, who cares? But my biggest complaint with soccer is sometimes you have games where I don't mind a one nothing game. Mm. But I want a one nothing game where something could happen. Mm. Where there's yeah, chances at the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen not a, you know, not hundreds of soccer matches, you know, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, whatever it is. And there's so many where I'm like, okay, the ball has barely left the middle of the field yeah. this entire game. Mm-hmm. And there's no chances and this is boring. This is objectively boring. Um this was like there were chances over and over and there were some <laughs> incredible saves and there were, you know, some near misses and then there were some great goals and the back and forth of like, you know, the, you know, Messi and then Bappe, like these two, just maybe the greatest player ever and the next greatest player, you know, like going back and forth. Like it was one of the best like things. I, it was definitely the best soccer match I've ever seen, uh, which wow. is, you know, uh, wasn't a super high bar for me, but it was also just an absolutely incredible sporting event. Like I was blown away. So you watched the whole thing. You were about to leave, and then you stayed and watched. Oh the yeah, thing. yeah. Watched it until the very end. Yeah. Oh. Right couldn't on. couldn't after like you know after France tied it up two two. Can't leave. At that I point. was just like, okay, well, this is and it, you know I, I've seen enough soccer matches where it's two zero with ten minutes to go, the game's over. Yeah, it's you know ninety nine yeah. plus percent yeah. of the time is yeah. no chance, and the fact that they they tied it there, and then Argentina takes the lead again, and then if Argentina had lost that game, Oof. that would have been. Just excruciating. I'm sure, and I know it was excruciating for for France. Um, but like they fought hard to keep the game going. Oh, which was it looked more over. than admirable. At 79 minutes, it looked over. Like not only were they up 2-0, but Argentina seemed like more likely to score the next goal than France did. Oh, 100 like, percent. Yeah, it was. Argentina, it was pretty dominating. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were getting. I think they had one shot on target before the PK. 
I was looking. Like, yeah, and that's, everybody that's was saying, oh, France had COVID and all this. They had all these, you know, an illness went through their camp. They must all have COVID. Like, they had to take out two of their starters in the first half. Like, it was trending so clearly in one direction. And then within a minute, it was tied. It was so unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was amazing they got back in it. And it was amazing Argentina kept their wits about them and managed to. Yeah, I thought, Arge- I mean, France, like, had them on the ropes completely there. after You know, because it's like once it switched. Oh yeah, it, it seemed like different. France was like go, like, and they almost scored a couple more times. Yeah, uh, and then Argentina almost scored a couple more times too. So it was like, th- like I said, just the having those chances to score over and over, like that yeah. just that's that's what it, this sport needs, and that's what I you know that's what I love about a one zero hockey game. That's what I love mm-hmm. about one zero baseball game. Like things can happen at any point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it's just you know nothing happening. Then yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard to get into. Yeah, if Messi made that one at ninety eight, oh my god, that would have been like an all time sports. <laughs> I mean, that would have been Jordan hitting the shot over Brian Russell, right? Yeah, but, but like the whole, I guess a lot of people in the world watch basketball, but like similar, one of the few guys who similarly is on the popularity level of Jordan. Yeah. And near the end of his career by what most people seem to say, even though he's still great, obviously. Yeah, except game-winning shots are a lot more common than a, ga- literally yes. a, goal, a goal at, like, the buzzer, basically, because it was 90 – it was eight extra minutes, and then he just – the goalie just got enough on it and uh, knocked it away. But France had a crazy good chance at the – I'll say there was that one that was just, like, the goalie, like, somehow – yeah, blocked crazy. like yeah, it almost yeah, I almost scored twice there. Like it was it was awesome. I was like tense, and I you know I couldn't have cared less who won really. Yeah, um, but it was awesome. Yeah, been a good sports month for you. you Cubs signed Dansby Swanson. It's true. Uh, Justin Fields had a good run. Justin Fields is incredible. Yeah, um, and then now the Bulls now, are awful. Well, I know, but I was trying, yeah. I was focusing on the positives. That was the theme <laughs> of today's episode: focusing on the positives. Bulls will be back. I saw DeRozan. Top five in clutch scoring, so you got that. I'm going I'm not for surprised you. at all. Dude's a stud. <laughs> yeah, just the rest of these guys gotta get them. He's going. the Lionel Messi of NBA. <laughs> I think that's it, right? I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next. So next week will be end of year awards. Does that sound good? Whew, yeah. I gotta I gotta comb through all the emails and figure out my 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 you know uh, favorite ones. It's there's so many good ones. It's hard. Yeah. Let's. Uh... We'll get the blood pumping though for this one. It'll be good. We'll get. We'll be. We'll be fired up. So. Yeah, get your last minute uh, voicemails and stuff in to you know, or um, nominees. Get them in. Uh, I'm gonna category. say uh, you gotta have them in by Christmas. Christmas is the Christmas deadline. day. You send them in on Christmas day, you're good. <laughs> but after that, you're done. You send them in on Christmas day. You also might have some other. I mean, unless you don't celebrate Christmas. That's true. Yeah. All right. We know Jason does because he goes to Carmel, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening and downloading. Thanks to you, Jason. We'll be back next week. Have a good one, everyone. Jessica Ennis. Lord Co. was an 800 runner.